Now let's say testing in, in Portuguese. Brazilian views <laughs> or listeners. I don't think it's an insult oh. so much. I just heard it every I've single day. Brazilians have a sense of humour. So just every day at the World Cup, we just yeah. walk in just when they were TSG, and uh, so it was, yeah. You've already heard, dear listeners, um, the voices of uh, Dan Edwards. Hello. I'm Joel Richards. Hello. I'm Sam Kelly, and we're here for a uh, very sort of quickly done, possibly slightly disjointed, urgently recorded. Hand of pod, um, because by the time this this episode goes online, I'm going to be in Paris. Uh, so this is the last proper hand of pod episode of, of 2012, um, with the match still to go. Have we got Which a special Christmas go. theme tune for this one? Uh, I'm afraid we don't. Oh, no. I had George Michael being played in Cotter today. George Michael. Last Christmas. Just, just, it's like yes, yeah, 35 degrees, and they're playing. Yeah. You know, I've got to say, that's probably the thing I like best about Argentina, just escaping from that Christmas shit in England, which starts in at the end of October and then goes on until... You know, it's certainly very refreshing. I, I personally wouldn't mind if they actually celebrated Christmas a little bit, but... No, I, I'm, I'm completely, completely agree about the commercialisation. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it, yeah. 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 Um, Delighted. Anyway, I, I'm looking forward Sorry. to getting back to Europe and no. having a proper Christmas this year, having not had one last year. Um, but, yes, anyway... Uh, we've fortunately with uh, as I say recording before the, the the final match of the season we are able to discuss the first thing that we're going to jump in with both feet in a uh, Maro Camaronesi style two footed challenge or indeed bearing down on goal we'll get on to that later um, but the major issue of the day is Vélez Sarsfield's uh, second title in two years um, their eighth in just over in 20 years um, and they're ninth overall meaning that they are the uh, second highest oh god bloody hell I've, I went into that yeah. sentence without it's a clue where it was going um, there's a lot of stats going yes. that attack if you like there's only, there's only one team um, in Argentine football history outside the big five who've now won more titles than Melis Southfield can either of you name them it's got Alumni. a team from amateur right it is yeah Alumni and disbanded 101 years ago um, and who won one of their titles the last time before last season that River Plate were in the second division so they disbanded if they did so well indeed yeah um, subscription fees and lack of players is what I read uh, just yesterday when I was checking up players won't go to the champions if they're going to go to the champions they won 10 titles between 1900 and 1911 um, so Vélez have got one more to, to equal a team that haven't existed for over a century. So congratulations. But, but they're very dismissive, aren't they? In the same way that in the, in England, like you know, sort of pre Sky Sports, like doesn't count, and mm. pre Premier League doesn't count. Uruguay they're, they're very Cup doesn't count because it was ages ago. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You know, they're very dismissive of the World amateur Cups. era, Sorry. aren't they? Sorry, in in, in uh, 
because of course Racing won won a lot of titles in the amateur era um, but yeah anything before 1931 which is when professionalism came in here is not seen as really mattering I mean to the degree where I actually got grief from a couple of Argentines for tweeting that alumni thing last night when Melissa won the title <laughs> they actually said to me why are you paying attention to this because <laughs> it happened it's, 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 it's an interesting. You need, you, need, well. you need to keep the crusade going. I think yeah. we all do because I think there's I think there's a lot to be said for it, and it's part of Argentine football wouldn't be what it is without the amateur era. Yeah, of course, mm. so, was, I mean, it's the start of it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's, it's just ridiculous to to ignore all the other. I mean, obviously under different conditions. And the other thing is that towards the end of amateurism, the last ten years or so, and this is why they had to make it professional. Everyone's being paid anyway. Right, it was just one on the table. So it's not as if in 1931 the standard suddenly rocketed upwards from exactly. And as, as I was to Argentines as well I'd, I'd be very interested to see whether they would be more eager to count the professional era had they won that World Cup final in 1930 when both Uruguay and Argentina still had amateur leagues mm-hmm. we're getting off topic somewhere we are <laughs> the topic is congratulations Vélez Southfield another deserved championship win I think um, yes, yeah. we were talking just last week about how impressively Ricardo Gareca has, has rebuilt the side what I didn't realise at the time but which I saw I mentioned on Twitter during yesterday's match was that only three of the players who played yesterday were in the the first team squad last time Ellis won the title and that was only 18 months ago that's really going something you know we, we it's a great stat it's had to rebuild at such a rapid pace it's it's fantastic it was yeah. but it's an amazing stat when we take into consideration that everyone says and everyone rightly says that Vélez is kind of one of the serious clubs a sustained project that they don't have to sell all their players you know because to make to make uh, ends meet you know at the end of the year um, and yet they are doing it they do have to get rid of a lot of the players and yet as you said and that as I said goes towards what what People regularly say about Vélez being a, you know, the serious, well-organised club. Is that it's incredible they've managed to to maintain the success with that change of playing style. Mm-hmm. They've got to say as well, kind of the players they brought in as well, because obviously yeah, they had a massive rebuilding job to do. Not just last winter, uh, last winter the winter gone, but the summer before and the summer before. You know, there's just been a constant uh, outflow of players, most notably kind of Juan Manuel and Martinez who left in in the break back in July. And they just, you know, they love to bring people up from the youth team. You know, we've talked a lot about people like Perusi and these young players. But also, they brought really well in uh, in August and July. Um, Fagunda Ferreira, who came in, like a lot of people questioned him because he'd just gone down to the to the second division with Banfield, even though it was by no way, shape, or form his fault in any way. And he's currently joint top scorer with 11 goals with um, Ignacio Coco. And also the keeper, Sebastian Sosa, who was reserved in Boca last year. He um, also took Peñarol to the, to the Copa Libertadores final. Was kind of at he was 23, 22 years old. Yeah, great signing. Great signing. And he kind of, I think what was about eight, nine games into the season, he, he took the, yeah. the goalkeeper's shirt. It took, from, him, took a while. Yeah, I think, I think he Russia, made, yeah. made nine starts in total. Yeah. So, and since yeah. then, yeah. He's well, by the same token, uh, Chucky Ferreira didn't score for the first eight, eight rounds no and a lot of people were saying so I think it was a lot yeah. of money they paid for him well I heard 10 million dollars from somewhere no, that I don't know if it was that no, much no 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 it's, it's way, way less because today I saw that, um, that, that Vélez paid less for Chucky Ferreira than, than River did for Bottinelli wow which is under 3 million yeah for Bottinelli so oh interesting yeah no no it wasn't 10 million yeah. but I, I, they I made, heard it was it I, was uh, an investment anyway. that said I don't think they've, they haven't got 100% of his rights no no no, no. 
So it's probably like say 1.52 million dollars for 50 percent. Exactly. So, yeah. If yeah. it's valued say at six million, that would be where the rest came. Yeah. 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 So yeah. No, but he was taking a lot of flack early, and he you know took a lot of flack for for being in the Banfield team that went down. But he just responded, and mm. yeah, the goals he scored kind of took him to the took him to the title really in the in the last half of the season. But it's got a great mix. You know, they've still got. Mm. Players, yeah, have been, yeah. players have been around for a long time, like Papa at left back and Sebastian Dominguez uh, at centre back, and then up front, Prato was, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Insua had some, some very good games. Insua was really good yeah. this year. Fabian Cubero, who during this, oh, this campaign has become their, um, well, yeah, during, <laughs> during this campaign, he's, he's become the, the record appearance um, appearance record holder for, yeah. for Bellas. Another guy as well, Francisco Serra, who really impressed me in uh, Lobateores more than anything uh, in the first half of the year. And then, yeah, he just made the midfield design after so many players have been and gone there. And yeah, it's just, and obviously, it's a massive compliment to Gareca and all the directors. Uh, they just have a system and they find the players to, to slot into it. Mm. So Cerro just came into the, the team from Quilmes, mm. I think, was it 2011 he moved? And yeah, he's just, he's a young kid and he's just taking that spot really I would like to just uh, go back slightly to something I said last week which is when we were answering the question about who did we think was going to win and I said that I didn't think Vélez had really hadn't really over impressed like throughout the um, throughout the season but actually I think looking back at it and with all the when as people have been on TV been going through sort of match by match you know, how they won the title and actually, you know, they were just solid. As just been really clinical, yeah. yeah. And that, but they, have, they did have a couple of really convincing wins. I mean, I forgot. I mean, they beat yeah, Argentinos Juniors three uh, 0 day one. Um, I mean, you know, they got going pretty quickly. So um, it just doesn't feel like they've been. Like, they haven't been pummeling all the all the opposition, and they lost a, a few games as well. Yeah, so uh, top scorers in the division, though. Yeah. And um, and the other thing is that much as we we say that the continuity of players. Uh, has been really tricky. I think the continuity of the, the ideology, the the, the the style of football they want to play, has been really important, and that's kind of illustrated by the fact that there have been various matches. I think the first of the season was in something like the twelfth or thirteenth round, where all seven of Belis's substitutes were players they brought through the academy. Right. They, they weren't. Uh, not one of the subs was was transferred in. Obviously, that's not quite like having a starting eleven that's full of them. But no, no, no. You know, but still. Um, and consistency is the hardest thing to get in Argentine football these days, as we we say almost every week. Um, and Mendes have managed to do that better than anybody in the last five years yeah. or so, you know, and, and going back further. Uh, it's, it's no surprise that the, um, four of their championships have come since the, I think, the 2005 Clausura. And then there's another one that means it's a little closer, and yeah. this, this title just now, and that's, that's almost half the championships they've won in their history. I, would, I just want to say as well about the uh, behind the scenes stuff at Vélez, and this, this points to, to the same thing, which is just, I mean, they have changed president very recently. And there's talk now that Gareca won't stay, because I think his contract's up at. Well, there, the there is that. Yeah. I mean, they want him to stay, I mean, yeah. that that's, remains to be seen, but what I just mean is that despite the presidency changing, the system, the project, and the club just carries on functioning, and the name changes and change one or two bits and bobs. But basically, it's not that it's not the kind of club where you know win presidential elections, get rid of the coach, bring in you know his man, his his press officers. You know, so there is that it's the continuity on, on sort of every level, which is obviously uh, very few clubs in Argentina have. Which fans of Racing and River can only look at enviously. Yeah. Although in yeah. Racing, Although things started to change towards that kind of. There seems to be a bit more kind of continuity, solidity. Mm-hmm. They they didn't panic with uh, Zawelio when there was a few few bad results. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure.
Um, now, Joel, of course, uh, does does work for the BBC, and so I'm, I'm now sort of feeling obliged to say that in the interest of balance, um, we should maybe mention the other stuff. Vélez doesn't exactly have a reputation for having a particularly fearsome battle or, or enormous political problems. But we do sometimes, you go to Vélez home matches or, or Vélez away matches, especially, and you see banners in the opposing teams and along mm. the lines of, you know, model club with a sarcastic kind of question mark. Yeah. Security issues, policing issues and whatnot do, do sometimes surround them. So I, I, well, the thing is that I'm asking this as much as anything because I, I, I don't really know as much about the internal politics of Vélez as, mm. say, we all do about <laughs> River Independiente, Boca and Well, and today, so. today the... Um, Vélez uh, president was it Calillo, right? He said, um, he said any any pr- club president who says they don't have a bada or don't have a bada problem is just lying. Yeah. There's not a single club in Argentina that doesn't have it. Vélez does have a problem with bada but mm-hmm. as I said, it's because every single club does, yeah. and it, it seems to all intents and purposes that it's a uh, contention. What they managed to do is, con- is contain the uh, the uh, the, the bada and there are problems at Vélez Stadium, but you know this happened when when River Plate supporters started breaking down the uh, the fence quite recently in the game there. I don't know if you remember. Oh, and yeah. then they were going to close the stadium, Vélez Stadium, because of that. So well, hang on, this is away fans breaking their stadium. How is that Vélez's fault? There are safety issues at, at the ground. Um, there was a San Lorenzo support was killed there. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of saying, big alleged 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 uh, things about you know the local police and and what have you. And also, Villas was the ground right, which kicked off this whole move to really crack down on the, um, the flares and the fireworks because they found masses and masses already kind of lodged in the stadium before a game and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. It's I think it's it's oppo- opposing. Supporters are kind of like our oh, model club. It's all ridiculous. The point is, no club's perfect, and, and this isn't what anyone's saying at all. And as, as I said, it goes back to it. The, the president of the club is saying, "I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't have a problem because we do," and, and there's, there's very little they can do about that. But on the scale of things, Vélez is, is far, you know, miles ahead of, of the others. There are plenty, of, plenty more who. Uh it deserves to be examined. Well, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Economy. There is and, also and the a case, though, that with success, very quickly, with success, of course, all the bad stuff gets forgotten. Yeah. It, you know, it's when you don't win that, that everything gets dragged up. So so maybe there's an element of that. Sure. The other thing is that, of course, Vélez do have one of the very few presidents who, last year in, in the AFA elections, stood up to Julio Grandona by abstaining. I'm not that's, 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 that's the previous. That's the previous. Yeah. 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 No, Rafaini. Rafaini, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens with. with but no, it is a club that you're right. There is a club that mm. has stood up to Alpha, definitely. Um, so, Meles, congratulations on the title win. Um, Amazing stamina by the players. Have you, have you guys been seeing TV? I mean, the players have been all last night. They were doing uh, interviews <laughs> yeah. all today. I mean, in the studio. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're enjoying it. They're milking it. It's good. I'm sometimes kind of surprised as well by how how quickly these guys manage to get on. You know, they, they get them in the studio. Not just on a on a video link, and you yeah. think, I mean, the game only finished about an hour or an hour and a half ago, and you've already got them in on Fox Sports or Day Say or ESPN or whatever. Uh, it was at least make the front page of Ole this time, because I think it was in 2011. They did, and in fact, Joel's got it here. They did. It's a nice big, nice big photo of Chucky Fedeira um, after scoring one of the goals. And, and just translate what this bit here says for our listeners, uh, Joel. <laughs> yeah, it says, Vélez are champions, and they get the front page. <laughs> 
Excellent for that. I didn't actually know that was on there before. Yeah, no, and the main the main um, headline is Ico Etire. Some kind of play on well, Gaddick is the Tigre, isn't he? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I've often wondered whether the world would implode if Ricardo Gaddick became Tigre manager. Um, <laughs> I suspect we'll never find out. I, I, me, I think he's on to bigger, bigger and better yeah. things from now, isn't he? That, no, no disrespect to Tigre, but just he's <laughs> Europe or or the, or the selection. Mm, absolutely. Um, on on a, a similar note to that, there, there was of course plenty of confusion last week, as we discussed. Uh, we didn't mention the um, the confusion behind. Uh, the, the main talking point of last week's episode which was of course uh, Ramon Diaz being unveiled at River Plate but it, it did mean that uh, from the Argentine press's point of view where they like to refer to everybody as their nickname El Pelado was being replaced by El Pelado yeah. and Ole on their website both of them with flowing like yes. <laughs> and uh, it means it means balding uh, Ole on their website at least became sort of fairly bad at distinguishing which one they were talking about at times they sort of said you know, El Pelado has had a chat with the, 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 the new old manager or whatever, and he sort of became slightly uncertain about who was being referred to at various points in the article. Um, but Ramon Diaz was, was unveiled to the River Plate Publico um, on Sunday afternoon, a match that took place at the same time as Vélez's game, because Lanús were one of the other two teams in with a chance of the title still. Um, it ended up with uh, essentially Vélez needed to win their game which of course they did 2-0 against Mignon with Federer scoring both goals we didn't mention that yet <laughs> there you are that was the result um, and if that happened and Lanús failed to beat River Plate uh, Vélez were champions and as you've probably worked out by now from the fact that we've been discussing the fact that Vélez are champions you will know that Lanús didn't win um, slightly surprised actually they lost so River pick up three vital points which taken through the 25 point barrier for the season which as we said last week is the normal standard for a newly promoted side and probably underlines the fact that El Pilado really didn't do that badly as as manager really um, and that El Pilado will have a a difficult job to to keep the standard up um, in in his uh, capacity Gustavo Zapata that was the first name of the man we were trying to remember the second the first name of last week uh, was the interim coach for, for one match only by the time this goes online Ramon Diaz would have taken charge of his first two um, coaching sessions for, for River um, but you're going to say first two games it's like he's taking charge of coaching us from tomorrow as from Tuesday morning and this will this, I'll put this online when I get to Paris on Wednesday so by that point he'll have, he'll have taken charge of Tuesday's and Wednesday sessions he sent uh, Oxford United listeners will be delighted to know that Emiliano Diaz is, is involved as well uh, he's now a backroom staff member for, for his dad um, and he's been sent to San Juan to watch San Martin who are River's opponents to no sorry he's not he's been sent to La Plata to watch San Martin because that's where they're playing away to Estudiantes um, as a sort of scout ahead of that's going to be his role isn't it because everyone's yeah. Pretty angry about this, uh, you know. The, the, the new coach is, is employing his son yeah. uh, on, the, on his backroom staff. Everyone knew. At the end, there, uh, Emiliano Diaz was working as some kind of yeah. computer, like you know, working the pro zone for the club or something. Yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, that's it. That's it. And I mean, yeah, you know, it's just is what it is. It's, yeah, he's an eccentric guy. <laughs> um, so if you are going to be watching, getting your mate in. No, yeah. no, precisely. It's, and, and it, I mean, you know the kid's been brought up around football as well. He might not be very good at playing it. But yeah, I, I don't know how good Emiliano Diaz is as a scout. He or got a last three you know, foot of that how to he played. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had some pretty strong feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Um, yeah, that's a different issue, I guess, playing. But, but yeah, if you're going to be watching any, um, as we will mention later on, the, the Copa Libertadores uh, qualification spots are now all taken care of as well, partly again, um, due to that that victory for River Plate over Lanús which ironically helped uh, it was scored by Rodrigo Mora who ah, of course it, yeah, yeah. an injury yeah, doubt yeah. before uh, before the match uh, due to an injury with his right foot ended up not needing it um, he scored it with his head from a, another fantastic delivery from Leonardo Poncio from a dead ball so he's sort of been mm. the revelation of the season for River Poncio or yeah. Mora? Um, Mora yeah no Poncio was already there but yeah, yeah sure um, Mora yeah one of the few bright spots I think after all the yeah, no, I know. I, know. I think he's been—he's um, become a definite fan favourite, right, Joe? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I think particularly because when he was signed, everyone was like, "Well, who the hell is this guy?" Mm. You know, it's just that classic. Well, we haven't heard of him. He hasn't played there before, so we don't really know if he's—if he's going to be any good. But um, I mean, he had bit, he had a bit of a journeyman career, didn't he? I mean, he was on—he's owned, yeah. owned by Benfica, but I mean, he's yeah. been kind of loaned out. He was at Peñarol last year, obviously, but uh, but he's been excellent. Really good, really good movement. Um, he scored some. Quite a few goals, mm-hmm. and yeah, fans are very happy with him. Including one in the Super Classico, so he's become a, a, you know all of a sudden instant yeah. fan favourite um, at River. And um, Poncio, I think as well. I've been really impressed by. Obviously, we knew that Poncio was going to be loved by the River faithful and, and all the rest of it. But well, that's that's another one. It's interesting. Sometimes you know. I thought Old Poncio became a favourite at the moment he started bleeding out the arsehole and yeah. <laughs> carried on playing. All the fans coming back to clubs doesn't always It's a very out. strong statement that you're there. <laughs> oh, that's hideous. <laughs> Dan's referring to River's last home match of last season, of course, in the second division. Uh, when, well, when Leonardo Poncio started bleeding out of his arsehole. Um, as Dan so poetically puts it. <laughs> Uh, against against Boca Unidos, but no, I mean I, I think some, sometimes older fans, you know, uh, fans players come back to the club and, and don't, you know, uh, take off in quite the same way. Uh, and Pontio's done really well. I think he's been River's best midfielder. A lot of people were pretty angry with when they signed him, though. That first of all, they said he wasn't the player they needed for that for that time at the at the in the season, and also they they were complaining it was quite a bit of money they spent for him, which it, in the end it wasn't very much. But um, but he's been excellent. I think he's, a, he's such a complete. Technically, he's really complete, and and this season I think we've seen that from him that he's been because he's been as much the holding midfielder as he has scoring goals, setting up goals, and and and, and really driving the team forward. So. We can't see your thumbs up, Joe. Sorry. <laughs> Joe put his yeah. thumbs up, giving his <laughs> approval to Ponsia. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's no, that's enough. Joe right. was telling me to stop pouring. Oh shit, no, I'm not drinking for that. <laughs> Joe was telling me to oh, stop okay. pouring for that. I was like, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it made much a silent sign. Um, yeah, um, so the reason that I thought we'd mention River in particular, as well, as well as the fact, obviously, that I'm a River fan, was that I think that match is going to be one of few this coming weekend with Libertadores um, positions sorted and all the rest of it that's actually got some interest to the neutral purely because it's Ramon Diaz's first game in charge and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out but also because it's between two relegation rivals um, you still think River are a relegation rival with their absolutely yeah River yeah, need to, to match what they've done in the initial in the final we, we already know this they need 50 points over the course of the season they've got 26 so far if they can get another win and take it up to 29 that's going to take right. yeah you know, it's, it's going to take one or two matches worth of pressure off, maybe uh, off, off the final. Um, but still, they've got to do as well in the second half of the season as, as they did in the first, or as they have done so far in most of the first half, I should say. Um, other results from the weekend: Racing returned to winning ways, having lost three-one um, 
in round 17 away they won 3-1 in round 18 at home against all boys mm-hmm. um, a match in which at the start of the match a Racing win on UK bookmakers was evens which was is that higher than I, I thought it was ridiculously long considering the four more boys were in uh, I thought very generous odds um, so I piled onto it with a 20p bet which, which one steady very pleased to double my money on something that was clearly going to happen <laughs> Um, I'm glad that, you had such faith. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gone into a wrestling match, you know, throwing that kind of money about with such abandon on a win. <laughs> but, I do this. Uh, it's over a peso, that. Yeah. It's more than I would normally bet. Um, but I was confident. And Racing did see it out with goals from, as we hinted earlier, Mauro Camaranesi, his first since. Very nice, yeah. That, that, coming back to Argentina. That dog's so excited by the, the mention of Camaranesi's name um, that it started. Joining us again, uh, but yeah, first it's coming back from Argentina. And who scored the others from Argentina? Luis Farina oh. scored a wonderful, Beautiful wonderful goal, goal for the first, mm. uh, and it was a brilliant assist as well from Luciano Vieto. Yeah, and then the third goal was Diego Vichar after a ridiculous deflection. The ball mm. just kind of flew up. I thought he'd smashed it miles over, and I was about to to launch into a tirade of of curse words, but then it somehow ended up in the goal, and so I was happy. But no, it was it was kind of the performance we all wanted to see. It was a performance that we've seen kind of in in short bursts, in short bursts from Racing since uh, since Wendy decided to, uh, to put his faith in the youngsters in Farinias and Dorion Vieto, and you saw kind of I think I mentioned it last week. Those those kids kind of froze against Boca, and they were up against a very physical team, and they didn't really know how to handle it. But back in uh, El Cilindro and back kind of. With some confidence, they, they, yeah, they just showed that they're three kids with massive, massive talent. Mm. So, like, so comfortable on the ball, fearless. They love taking people on, and it's something you know. We always say there's not enough players like that who do it in Primera. So the big question is, are they going to stay? This is a question. Apparently, Farinha of would have thought will stay because he's not really played many. How old is he? 21st. He's the oldest of the bunch, actually. He is, isn't he? He's 21, but he's had massive problems with injuries. I remember right. he fell victim to Esteban Fuertes in one game against Colón and done his uh, cruciate ligaments in. And then he had another injury. He's had a couple of problems with discipline. So he's one, you know, even though he's older, he's been a bit more of a latecomer to the team. So I think he will be the most likely to stay Vieto. He's only 18. So I think at least until, until June he'll be there and Centurion. I think the idea of the Racing Directors is that Vieto and Centurion, maybe maybe Zuccolini as well, Bruno Zuccolini, who's not kind of a, fair, a flair player like the other three, but very good player as well. Uh, Vieto and Centurion are most likely going to be in the Argentina squad for the under-20 South American Championships. Centurion's been linked with a move to Italy, right? I can't yeah. which club. And also been. Real Madrid yeah. apparently sent a scout to watch him. Oh so he's, he's been kind of linked with, uh, with big, big teams like that. But the idea would be, yeah, to have them stay at least until the South American Championships will be, which will be in January 2013, and then, you know, assuming Argentina qualify, have them then stay on for the Under 20 World Cup, right. which is always kind of July the next year, and then kind of see their options because if he has two good campaigns in there and international level, his price, you know, doubles. Yeah, you're right. Because I, uh, I was reading about this because they sold um, Romero, didn't they, the, the keeper, yeah. before the Youth World Cup. Yeah. And he had a really good World Cup, and they basically lost you know, two million dollars. So. Uh, yeah. This goes back to what we were talking about before. In that period, Racing were just 
mismanaged mm. but to an incredible degree so now I think you know the directors have got a bit more uh, a bit more patience a bit they're not as money grabbing let's say and so hopefully they'll try and keep the team together because it looks like so it is forming a good team at it does at um, the question now is will Teo be back for 2013 Racing's best campaign yeah. since what, what are you serious well he's still a Racing player Oh, he's still in the contract, right? He's still, yeah, yeah, his rights belong to Racing and wow. his loan with Junior expires in December. So, if I write, you know, <laughs> technically he should be back in, in Racing in December, work, January yeah. 2013, yeah. Uh, everybody, I'm sure, who is uh, both us and, and more peripheral Hand of Pod team members are going to be keeping our fingers firmly crossed that that happens. Uh, I, want him, I want him to come back if he's a little bit more right in the head than Re- Regardless of how it's yeah. going on the pitch. Teo is always tremendous entertainment indeed yeah. but it looks like the final word on that is going to go to uh, Sebastian Saka who of course punched him in the face in the dressing room in, after that Independiente game and then had a gun branched in his I'm face I'm trying to imagine the media coverage of the next River Racing if Teo's on Racing's team and Ramon Diaz is managing River it'd be so much fun <laughs> so anyway yes. um, it's, you're yeah. right in that Racing are, are looking at a very good team um, and it's Racing's that they've already it's already their best campaign since the 2005 Clausura yeah if they win the final match um, which is away to Union so it's it's difficult for even Racing to find a way of screwing that one up the form that Union are in it yeah. um, if they do win, win that final match it will be the best campaign since the 2001 Apertura which yeah. they won and then before that 1995 when yeah. Ozzy Abedilis was in judge um, 38 points yeah. so yeah I mean it, it really does look like Superbia has managed to, to find something right because Racing finished second a year ago as we were saying just before we um, just before we started recording yeah, the class under Diego like Simeone 14th or 17th yeah <laughs> under Diego Simeone they finished second before he left Rondo to Madrid um, but with the, mood, the mood around the clubs and in the fan base is a lot different mm. now with this, you know, not even second place finish than it was a year ago with a higher league finish, wasn't it? Oh they're, yeah, they're, they're joint second. Which I think joint second. They were joint or second with a few teams yeah. uh, last year. Uh, oh no, I mean now. I mean, I mean now. Nice. now I think they're joint third. Joint third yeah. Okay. But they've already picked up three more points than they did under Simeone. Of course, yeah. uh, the kind of whole panorama is different as well because they've got absolutely no worries with uh, relegation there. I think seventh in the relegation table, which I think they're fifth now. They're, they're, they're fifth. They're one point behind the. They're one point behind three teams in yeah. second. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, that hasn't happened for a long time in racing, where you can kind of look at the the relegation standings and say, well, we're not going to have any trouble with that. Mm. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a confidence. I know I talked to a lot of people, and Zawili um, still kind of hasn't really cemented cement in his place. Like there's still a few doubts, but every yeah, with every game, he's kind of he's winning new fans. And as we say, he's a young coach. He's still learning at this level. Like this is not his third job in in football coaching after Lanús in Barcelona in Ecuador. So it's kind of the biggest club he's managed so far. And it's, yeah, he's he's going to make mistakes, but I think up to now he's he's done a very good job. So you, you, you'd say he's learned from, I remember earlier in the season you were complaining that when Racing are behind he sometimes just chucks on loads of strikers, forgets about the midfield. Do you think he's learning from that or do you think that the team... Yeah, there has been a movement. As much course. as anything, the team haven't been falling behind as much in this second half of the year because they've been sort of, they've kind of grown into his plan A, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. I mean, there were, yeah, that was referring to kind of the Belgrano game, especially mm-hmm. where Belgrano were down to nine men and... So with his response, instead of kind of yeah. just playing patiently and you know trying to create, was just to throw five strikers into the mix and 
which worked perfectly for Bogdanov because they just put 10 men in the box and that was it. But, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of a problem. You look at Racing through the season and they haven't managed to, you know, come back from behind once to win, which I don't think Racing have done since 2011 with uh, two goals from Theo, I remember, wow. uh, in San Lorenzo. They came back to win 2-1. That's a very impressive memory, though. Yeah, well, it doesn't happen very often, that's why. No, really. <laughs> it was a very fun day that day. So, yeah, he's definitely he's a great coach so far when uh, Racing have taken the lead early. You can see he really enjoys it and they don't give away many leads. I think it was only against Tigre they, they surrendered a lead. But, yeah, it's going to be... And it's my, to be honest, that's as much a question for the players as the coach, you know. It's a young team, it's a team that's only really got together in this year because a lot of people came in a lot of players came from the youth team so that kind of resolve and attitude to come back from behind you know it's more experience it's more as much as kind of tactics I think and you see you know teams like Vélez teams even like Boca have kind of that that inner resolve to do it while Racing is kind of is still lacking a little bit so the the obvious question from there is uh, Racing went into the break with, with a 2-0 lead and uh, all boys Fernando Sanchez is it oh god we're absolutely shitting us isn't it pulled one back five minutes into the second half you've just answered the question I was going to ask with this newfound confidence Racing have had did you find yourself thinking no this is fine they'll ride it out they'll kill the game off or no, no, no. this, 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 this is still come back and win it. this is still Racing like yeah you can't you can't uh, sit back and Sudeley has not changed the club's DNA. Exactly. Yeah, extent, yeah. He's, he's only a man. He's not. He's not good. <laughs> um, other matches from the weekend: Godoy Cruz versus Quilmes finished goalless. Martin Palermo's first match as a manager. Riff. What do we make of, of El Titan del, del Banco? Uh, we came out saying some odd things for such a such an awful game. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm proud of, proud of my players. They they play well. They they look for the win or things like that. It's like, no, not really. I wanted to get out there and score a goal myself. It was really frustrating. Yeah, as well. but you know what? They're not allowed player managers in Argentina. Huh? I read something the other day, and I was trying to find. I was trying to check it out to see if that was really really the case. But someone, sort of, yeah, sort of, I've written somewhere that. Um, the the academiados the, the football yeah. uh, union players union they take they take new jobs isn't it? exactly yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> but then I'm sure there must be cases of player man, player man, player coaches anyway um, yeah not not a very good game good result for a point for Kuma really but um, but it's it's, it's going to take a while I think until we see Martin Palermo's sort of style of team. Yeah. Which no one really knows what it's going to be because that was always a striker who wants to score loads of goals. Um, but so. he won everything that he won under Bianchi, yeah. hmm. which was much more conservative style of play. So it'll be interesting to see what exactly what he what he comes up. But I mean, he's got quite a, a I mean an illustrious backroom staff with um Avondantieri as a, he's an his assistant coach, right? He's not just goalkeeping coach. Assistant, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Schiavi is coming in as defend as as one of the coaches as well. Rolando, obviously, which is going to make this weekend's match even more fun because, of course, exactly. Boca are already in the Copa Libertadores, as I mentioned earlier. Thanks to, ironically, River Plate beating Lanús, um, Godoy Cruz don't really have very much to play for. Obviously, three points would be fantastic in, in the Promedio, but they're not too badly compromised in that at the moment at all. I mean, they could slip down as Joel's waving, waggling his fingers at me, but they're not in in the thick of the battle at the moment. They're only just the well, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Um, they're just above San Lorenzo. Yeah, uh, sorry, and Rafael. Um, 
So the yeah. <laughs> ignore that. This this, this weekend's Bokasan Martin game is going to be one that's that's thoroughly overshadowed by the return of Palermo to La Bombonera. Seventeen months after his retirement, only seventeen months, just not even a year and a half. It, it, it doesn't sound like any time at all. Um, and of course, it's Rolando Schiavi's last match as a Boca player, and he's going to be coaching the opposition. It's very shortly after. So does, that mean, so does that mean that the final whistle he'll go back down the tunnel and go to the Guadalupe Cruz dressing room? Yeah, I think that's what he should do. Yeah, yeah, it'd be that's symbolic. I think yeah. it is strange. It's, it's going to be interesting if he goes in with any horrible knee-high tackles on anybody. Who, you say if you mean when? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. <laughs> it's a scary. Um, indeed, <laughs> interesting team dynamic. Palermo was trying to set up here. I think clearly, um, but yeah, the, these are the. the for a change, I, I've just realised that I've, I've told people this weekend to watch the River and the Bock again, which is a philosophy I'd normally warn against. But they really are two of the only ones that, that even look a little bit interesting about this weekend, given that all of the positions for Libertadores and whatnot are decided. Yeah. Um, other results from the weekend, we had Colón beating Argentinos Juniors 3-1, um, which I think is only Colón's second home win of the season. Or like really? Third. Um, actually, hang on, let's check. I've got the... the Really nice second goal by Gigliotti. Yes. Yeah, it was lovely. Amazing header. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, all boys we've mentioned. Belles 2 Union 0 we've mentioned. Belgrano beat Tigre 1-0. Did any any of us watch that? This was played at the same time as the River and the Belles games. I know. Um, Cesar Pereira scored the goal midway through the second half. Don't think there's a lot to say about that, is there? Uh, Tigre are already it's kind of the cap on. You know, it's another thing we've got to say. But Granada have had a fantastic, fantastic season. They went quite up there, challenging for the title. But they've always been been there. Uh, yeah, they've been excellent. So, they've been excellent. Yeah, uh, but as you said, Sam, well. the Tigre are concentrating on the Sudamericana final, which to, to the degree where Tigre it was actually like Tigre's last league match of the year. Um, there's an AFA uh, directive allowing clubs who get to continental finals to postpone the final match of their season if, if it falls between the legs of the final um, and Tigre versus Kilmes or rather Kilmes versus Tigre has, has been postponed until 2013 as a result of that so both Kilmes and Tigre um, have now played their last league games of the year Tigre's first leg is being played on Wednesday night this um, Wednesday this Wednesday night kickoffs at 10 to 10 uh, home to Sao Paulo in the in the Copa, Liber- uh, Copa Libertadores final that would be a, a turn up for the most Copa Sudamericana final which is surprising enough as we've already mentioned um, what chances do we give Tigre guys? well I think slim slim chances in pretty slim. much every one yeah, of them yeah exactly but still San Paolo it's got to be anything can happen final over two legs which means yeah it's been played at Bombonera right and of course it is and they and I saw just before I got the bus uh, over here um, that they still haven't put in the request for the, at the City Hall right. for the security operate, operation oh, this is Monday afternoon I mean imagine Europa League final yeah. do you think how far in advance all, all the the, uh, the preparations for it they picked the final kind of final well, and on Monday four, afternoon 49 hours almost exactly until kick off from right now yeah and this, they don't know what ha- what's happening with the police with security with I mean it's it's crazy <laughs> I think it's really harsh as well that you know a team if a team gets to the final man let them play in their own stadium yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, they said they couldn't. Come it, it's common ball directive. Oh, There's yeah, a minimum yeah, a capacity of at least forty thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there, there are safety issues, of course. Yeah. 
but it always seems very harsh, and, and especially for a club like Tigre, the first yeah. um, major final, well, continental final in the club's history. Um, I mean, it's an amazing achievement. And, and the other thing is, along a similar line, and without meaning to, to disrespect Tigre at all, because they're a club that I, I like and a team that I like, but I, I'll be interested to see how many tickets they sell at La Bombonera. I mean, are they going to fill it? They won't fill it, but they'll have a few people going. Bocca only had about 20,000 people in there against the Estudiantes a few weeks ago because it was raining. And that's Bocca. That's the River Plate supporter coming out on you. No, Uh, no, I'm I'm just... No, there's there's been a big campaign in the last couple couple of weeks about how River Plate's saying that Bocca aren't filling up the stadium and uh, and whatnot. Um, One match in something like, what, seven years where they failed to sell it out, so that's not what I'm trying to suggest, but I'm just mentioning... If, if Boca managed to not sell it out for, for one league game Artigue right ok it's a, it's a final they're going to get some hangers on probably well, and whatnot. but I mean but this is why it's ridiculous not, not playing it in their own stadium as well because yeah. because sure alright fine it's, you know, they'll obviously sell up their, their ground and there are several other issues around why they do this but um, as you said if they only usually get about what I don't even know what it is 12,000 say at a match I mean, it's a few more I think is, yeah, it, is it yeah let's say 20 20 there. Being that's generous because it's, 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 it's That's pretty it's much the capacity of the stadium. So really? Yeah, probably, yeah, somewhere between, I'd say around 15, maybe. All right. Split you. 18 <laughs> and a half. 18 <laughs> Anyway, it's less than half the capacity of the ground they're going to go yeah. play in. And, and as you said, I mean, if they don't fill it out, then you get, there's no home advantage there. No. The only advantage is you don't have to travel too far. But actually, TV do have to travel from bloody north of the city right all the way down to La Boca I mean you know tongue in cheek but I mean the only advantage is playing it in your country if you have to play it in another stadium so anyway I'll stop indeed um, <laughs> let's carry on with the, the results uh, best of luck of course if you're a Tigre supporter in, in the final we'll, we'll have the pod well they've got well, a very illustrious uh, support haven't they they have Mr Raquel me yes Oh, yeah. Word on the street is that he he had a word with him sorting it out at Bombonera, but I think that's kind of tongue in cheek. There was talk earlier in the year about him maybe joining them, wasn't there? Yeah, when, when yeah, was yeah, there? yeah, he's a Tigre supporter. I heard he did. Serious? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who said oh, that? Apparently. <laughs> I heard it. You look. You can't help yourself. Seven <laughs> probably told you. And it was me thinking Raquel was Argentinos through and through. No, he's youth team product, yeah. but he's from up north from Don Torquato. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's um. It's up Tigre way. Family's all Tigre supporters. I'm now typing Don Torquato into Google and we'll, we'll tell you exactly where it is. You may miss a city in Tigre Partido, Buenos Aires yeah. province. It's actually looking on the map, it's not very far at all from the stadium. Yep, no, I'll accept the apologies when you want. Thank you. I still went down the You were still sticking with them being ratty, weren't you? Um, <laughs> other, <laughs> other results. We had San Lorenzo, yeah. Massive we result did. There. Big result there. I'll, I'll just flip. Uh, just before we started recording, Newell's old boys beat Atletico Rafaela 3 0. Two goals from Fabian Munoz. One, inevitably, from Ignacio Scocco, uh, who's been certainly one of the players of the, of the championship. He's scored in. He's levelled Facundo Ferreira at the top of the goal scorers' charts with that goal. And he's scored in more, go- more separate matches than anybody else in the league this season. Yeah. Um, so, congratulations to Nacho. Um, and as Dan mentions, huge, huge win for San Lorenzo in the relegation battle. Potentially even bigger defeat for Independiente as well, because it yeah. leaves Independiente 11 points behind San Lorenzo, and San Lorenzo are the next side up who've played the same number of matches as them in the relegation table, and blah, blah, blah. Um, 
I mean, decent match as well. Entertaining game. Independiente took the lead through an Osma Ferreira Golasso. Oh, it was um, lovely. But then they just folded. It was it was weird. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they played well, you know. Everton fans, and, Everton yeah. fans on the Strack Attack watch uh, will be pleased to know that Strack Willosi made a magnificently strong-necked header to avoid the ball going out for a, a goal kick and, um, and to put it back into the mixer from which... I'm going to try and no, I can't remember who, who it was Bianchi Arce well done yes Nicolas Bianchi Arce um, scored the equaliser and then in the second half Alan Ruiz scored very early on in the mm. second half scored the winner with a fulminating um, drive which the goalkeeper just couldn't handle I thought um, um, I call him the ice truck killer because he looks very much like the character from Dexter um, Hilario Navarro was a, a bit fault for both of the goals really I mean Alan Roos's goal was I mean hit so hard that it, it's difficult to deal with but but in the second goal I mean he's um, the ball was as you said the ball was kind of dropping down right to the to the side of the goal and he was beaten in the air mm-hmm. and you know if, if I mean Maradona beat, beat Chilton with his hands that's fine but I mean if you beat a goalkeeper with your head to the ball up in the air I mean yeah, I don't know it's just, I thought it was a bit strange that you didn't, didn't mm-hmm. win the uh, the head back from, from the strack but um, well you complained afterwards that he was fouled and whatnot. you think well no, if you get the foul then fine but first of all you've got to take the ball because yeah. you've got to play to the whistle because there's no point you know, that's irrelevant if, uh, if you don't get it as, as, was, as was the case um, but as you said about Independiente I mean there were, there's an amazing bit of footage that Tay Say have yeah. of um, Tolo outside the team hotel squaring up to supporters. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's like come and play, play yeah, yeah, come and play for us if you think, yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah. really nasty. It's very tense. There's a lot of pressure, and um, next six months there are going to be Oof. just so difficult. I think if they go down, it's going to be even worse than when River went down. You reckon? Within the independent fans, like how mm. they react to. Yeah. Yeah, Dan was enjoying before you arrived, Joel. I was enjoying showing me some of the uh, affiches, the, the posters that Racing fans have been preparing yeah. for Independiente's pending relegation. Which has already got sounds dangerous. They've like come out since they, uh, cla- since they lost against San Lorenzo, yeah. Wow. Sounds dangerously like tempting fate, if you ask me, but um, <laughs> it's an important aspect of Argentine football culture, I guess. Yeah. Well, on, on the same level as well, it, Vélez fans have come out with a different one for each of the big five, mocking them for. Uh, <laughs> Claiming that Venice are now a big club themselves, we'll, we'll let them uh, delude themselves a little bit longer. They still want to overtake Alumni, as we say. Uh, what are you looking at here, John? Well, I'm just so looking at, I mean, independent options. I mean, we said that they're 11 points off San Lorenzo. On, on the averages, San Martín are quite a bit below San Lorenzo, just one up from Independiente. So, I mean, if San Martín really capitulate next season, Independiente could reach them. But then above that, Rafaela, Godoy Cruz, Godoy Cruz, unknown quantity, mm-hmm. Newells. News now. They'll be fine. Yeah. Argentinos and the shooter. They're going to carry on picking up points. Yeah, this. they'll be yeah. all right. Tigre, who, that, yeah. who can't have a season like they've just had one. Well, they're, with, they're going to have the Libertadores. No, yeah, they do. Well, yeah. they've got the qualifier, so I mean, they may not make it into yeah, the Libertadores. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that could be that. a very, very um, and then all boys, and then Colo- I mean, by then you're, you're miles away. I mean, they, they, yeah. they can't reach them. No. I mean, really. One thing that's worth noting. I mean, how many points are they away from Tigre? Oh, I think Tigre are going to be safe. Oh, they're like 19 points. Tigre, yeah, yeah. Tigre got 63 points for last season. I think they'll be safe for this season and next season. The problem is going to be if they allow themselves to think what they thought but until but, last season. So basically, on San Martin, San Lorenzo, and Rafaela, yeah. 
But really, it's worth independently. You've got to pick up with at least ten points. So we talk, one, of those, one of those three. But we often talk about how the teams who play fewer matches are having their points divided by fewer points, and that can push them up if they if they win a few. And earlier this afternoon, I just went on to pro. Promiedos.com, which is a pun on Promedio. It means, uh, well, Miedo is fear. So it's, it's, it's a great website and it's a great title. It is, great, it is yeah. a brilliant yeah. title. Uh, it's a fantastic site. If, if you understand Spanish, if you don't, it's, it's not that difficult to work out sort of what you're putting in which box. And you can put in the number of points that you think each team is going to win over the course of the rest of the season. Um, and it will then show you what that relegation table would look like at the end of the season as a result. Um, and I just put in a few things and worked out that if San Martin get the same number of points as San Lorenzo and if it's more than around about 40 points San Martin will finish above San Lorenzo mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, right. because their, their points are being divided by fewer points so in fact San Lorenzo's um, survival although at the moment they appear really comfortable 11 points ahead of Independiente of course but they've got four teams below them San Martin, Independiente, Union, Quilmes three of those sides have played fewer matches so all it takes is for all three of them <laughs> to, to have a really good uh, Doneo final or to be able to match San Lorenzo's Doneo final or better it and San Lorenzo are going to be in trouble themselves even if they do relatively well themselves in the second half well, I can see them picking up in the final and the Pizzi like yeah. seems like Oh, I well, agree. Yeah, I think, I mean, I yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. Then carrying it on with a couple more. Was players. it 13 from the last 15 points? Yeah, is it? Like that, yeah. I, I think I think now that San Lorenzo are going to be fine, but at the same time, it's worth just pointing out that this system we have in Argentina does mean that they're not, you know, it's mm. not in their own hands, Ma- even yeah. though they are playing uh, magnificently at the moment. But it is um, in their own hands. If they take 30 points from the next, from the final, then does well, that, yeah. But if yeah. In, in your own hands means regardless of what your opponents do, and as, as it is. That's not the case, is it? Because if San Martin do equally well, if Union can do equally well, they're going to set San Lorenzo down. So you're saying if San Martin finish champions and Independiente come second and (laughs) and Quilmes come third, then they might go down? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'll accept that. Which still means it's not in San Lorenzo. You can't argue that logic. I can't argue that. That logic, you can't argue. That's what the phrase in your own hands means. (laughs) Therefore, it's not. there's um, limits, kind of. There's, you, can, you can bring logic into there's, it. So. There's one result that we've not mentioned from the weekend, which is Estudiantes versus San Martin. I'm stretching the meaning of the word weekend to breaking point here in true AFA style, um, no, because sure. it's going to be played on Monday night. It's not yet kicked off. In, it's, in fact, it's kicking off in about two minutes, so I'll just stick it on mm. now. Um, but we're not going to be able to report on the result of that one. Yeah. Not Actually, really not really that cares that much, yeah. apart from Emiliano Diaz, who's going to be watching it. Um, Oh, it's on Chronica. Excellent. It's an excuse to stick Chronica on for an hour and a half. Um, so now I'm going to play some music and we will be back very shortly and we will answer some listeners' questions because we have had some. Oh, good. your questions we'll just say that uh, Joel has, has just recommended to us a truly hilarious Twitter account for those who 
read Spanish. Um, Cronica Web. Follow it now. Just pay attention to the hashtags. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so, questions. Joshua Bramlett, who is a, a Boca Genius fan, asks, are Boca really going to miss Schiavi? I can't stand him. Yes. Yes, they will. Because they won't have anybody to commit clear fouls in the penalty box and get away with it anymore? Definitely. Uh, well, yeah. Chelsea syndrome, right? Uh, for one side, that, yeah. But apart from that, you know, I'm no fan of Ischiavi and obviously he's 39 years old, maybe 40 now. I'm, I don't keep up with his birthdays too much, but, he, you know, he's slow, he's lumber, he lumbers and he's that. But he's also, you know, a very intelligent defender. He's more than more often than not in the right place at the right time he's, he's you know he's a violent little son of a bitch but he knows when to kick and when to when to chuck the elbow so he gets away with it he's and yeah apart from that he really yeah, he really gave some leadership to Boca I think we all remember what the Boca defence was like before Ischiavi came back mm. you know under Bordighi and under under Alves people like that it was an absolute shambles and he took it by the scruff of the neck and said that we've got to start doing and it suddenly turned overnight into the into the most solid defence in, in Primera so you got to give him a lot of merit you know it wasn't he could have stayed away from Boca it was a big decision for him to go back at 38 years old and have another crack at Boca and during this time they they won the Apertura last year in 2011 and then they got to the final of the Copa Libertadores with a team that didn't exactly set the world on fire and I think you definitely got to give him credit for that so he, yeah he will be missed it'll be interesting he really who comes in now to take that kind of leadership role in the defence because I don't think that you know from who they've got at the moment they've got a natural successor no I can't think of any either um, I think you assessed that pretty well John anything to add no, no, no I subscribe and agree to everything excellent oh, thank you um, we've just subscribed to my, to my view <laughs> we've, we've just so. discussed hashtags and Ed Malian is chipping in with a couple of his own with the hashtags Buenos Aires bias and they nearly won the league he asks us, can we name any of Belgrano's lineup without cheating? Yeah, Picante Pereira, yeah. Carranza, Mancinelli, Olavi, the goalkeeper, what's his name? Olavi. Olavi. <laughs> you, just, you just gave us away badly there, Sam. Yeah. With that. Oh, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a few. There's some, yeah, some decent players, Sam. If this sounds a little bit edited, it's just <laughs> edited away the three minute Google searches. Gaston to Rus. I'm trying to think of more defenders because we've um, we've been naming the attacking players, which possibly proves that's point if we can't name any of the others. Ribeiro Rodriguez doesn't still play for them, does he? He's moved on. Can't remember what to. We've done after the Copa America, I think, which is a year and a half ago. Which shows how up to date we are. Um, <laughs> but no, congratulations to Belgrano. They've had their best. Well, we said it earlier. Best, yeah. best top flight campaign ever. Tilinski, of course. Yeah. Russo. Yeah. So the answer is yes. Um, we, 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 we can name some of Belgrano's lineup, although we do, you know, we agree that we're Buenos Aires biased. I say, yeah, I say we're victims no more of the of the press, you know, who focus so much on Buenos Aires. But we shouldn't be like that. We're products. We we're products of our upbringing, Joe. Yeah. Well, we cover the Copa Argentina in more in more depth. We certainly won't be wanting well, we to do it. <laughs> well, no, but the difference is that this time last year they were playing the thing. Properly by this point of the year, yeah. whereas so far we've just had qualifiers. Yeah, so far we've just had qualifiers because they're, they're going to be running it on the calendar year rather than the football season. So why are they playing this year? Pardon? Why are they playing pre- preliminary this year? Well, I'm not sure either. But <laughs> it, it's properly officially starting in, in February, I think. Okay. So we will be back with the same. Uh, so this essentially means they can just string out four rounds either 
12 months. It also gives them some matches to play potentially during the winter break when they wouldn't otherwise be getting any TV money from, from the league. Um, so yeah, that's my theory. Like we'll, that. we'll see what they actually do. Use, uh, fixtures oh, see those conspiracies, I can't deal with it. Yeah. Indeed. Um, Charles Reynolds asks, realistically, what do you think is the best Ramon Diaz can hope to achieve next half season? Who do you see being brought in? Names that have been mentioned um, by Diaz are, well, he wants an enganche, a playmaker, a left side midfielder, and a centre back, doesn't he? Uh, Basically, the names are Martin Demichelis, Andres D'Alessandro, Aymar. Uh, thank you, yeah, Aymar. Johnny Fabro has been mentioned today. Johnny Fabro? Yeah. Uh, um, he's probably more realistic than yeah. uh, Definitely. <laughs> I can't definitely. see for one Saviola going back, like with the Malaga team he's in, there's no, no chance in that. Um, he was asked in the press conference uh, if if one of the players had called, because he said players have called me up. Yeah. Are going to come back, <laughs> and he was asked if one of the players, <laughs> if one of the players was the player that he gave his debut to in Kahoy when he was at the age of sixteen, and Ramon kind of smiled and said, "Yeah," which means which means Saviola, um, uh, a friend of a friend, and blah 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 blah, and off the record and all the rest of it, um, said that that's just not not true. Saviola's not going back now. And Alessandro, I've heard that is a little bit more. More realistic. Demichelis had an interesting Twitter exchange today oh, with, did, with, yeah, with one of the uh, uh, River Plate uh, journals. Uh, oh well, I saw him with um, with Anand Castillo, who's okay. also really good with on River. Oh, sorry, you're right. I'm getting mixed up. But yeah, both very good. Anyway, um, bottom line is that um, Demichelis offered to come back. Didn't really depend on him because Malaga had had the final say yeah. and and obviously as Malaga have now completely sorted themselves out then, then that's also not very likely um, but that all said I would say that Ramon Diaz is more than capable of winning a title why not he says the same in San Lorenzo he's a good coach he's got he's got a good squad but the, the 2013 Donnell Final title why not it's only a 19 games. It's only if, if he gets some good players in. He's always dependent on having great players, and they've got some good players. They've got some really good young players. They've got some slightly more experienced players. I this mean, is, this it's is the not kind of impossible. Feet on the ground thinking and not getting too far ahead of ourselves <laughs> that we wish more Argentine clubs. It's just not Chelsea impossible. It's not. I, I don't see it happening. I must say. So the thing is, I'm, I'm not saying this is like a fifth, sixth place finish, 30 points, and completely safe from relegation is in the grasp, but. With the teams that are in the Premier at the moment. But who else have you really got to. I mean, of, who have you got to be better points. than? It's not about being good yourself, it's about who you've got to be better than. Sure. You've got to be better than Vélez, you've got to be better than Vélez. Vélez has died away. Lanús started slowly. Mm. I mean, we know, we know what it is. Lanús lost one game this season, or they have lost one no, game. Well, they, haven't won, they haven't won enough, yeah. they've drawn too many. I mean, this no, is what I mean. Well, they didn't win the title, no. To win the title, they're going to have to be better than Vélez, Lanús, Racing. Belgrano if Belgrano keep up this half season Boca are going to be there and you're right Boca that's a complete unknown quantity because we don't know who's going to be the coach for next season we don't know who's who's going to be the coach but But they're going to have the significant advantage of of being Boca Juniors manager whoever it is (laughs) well it's it's, it's a massive difference if it's still Falcioni and if he's had his contract renewed and what that's going to mean at Boca which isn't going to be a very popular decision to whether they bring in, say, Bianchi, or if they bring in Adwoverena, or if they bring in someone totally uh, none of the above. But, um, why not? I think they'll have to be better than Boca. So, something tells me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, I mean, it is Ramon, and it's just, it's amazing what he's, what he's created although, although at, of course, at River Plate. And, and of course, really the, the Libertadores is going to involve Venice, 
Bocca. We'll get on to the full list in a minute, but it's going to involve some of the, the teams that we've just mentioned. Most of them. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to prove a distraction. I'm, I'm messing about. I don't... I don't <laughs> in ter- in but, terms of... A, but River Plate, at River Plate, they're convinced that it can happen. Yeah. Let's see. Because you, uh, you were adopting a persona of a, a River fan. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's incredible how the club has changed in the last week. <laughs> I think that says it all. Yeah, no, 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 says it all. no, no, I'm, I'm saying the, what the supporters say. Yeah. What the supporters say. Yeah, that's my point, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, that, the mood's just changed. If River go out. Nothing's changed on the pitch. <laughs> like, if River get a win against San Martin, then they will finish the season on 29 points for the Doneo Inicial, yeah. which is good. Yeah. That, that's a decent season for you know, the So, what I'm going to say now is realistically, if we say. Diaz is a more experienced first division manager than Almeida. He's, he's starting off with the same squad Almeida had. He's going to be allowed to bring in a couple of new players. He should be looking to improve on those points. Mm. And I, therefore, I'm going to say River can get, say, six points more. I think that that's, that's realistic. Okay. Not, 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 you know, wildly yeah, optimistic. I, yeah. I think that's, which would put them on 35 points, which right now would have them second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I, I'll, I'll be I'm, overjoyed if you're correct. I don't, yeah, think, no, it's no. Gonna, I don't think they're going to... All I'm saying that is, well, that, is that from a mood of like, constant pessimism and anger, all of a sudden around River Plate there's a different environment, there's a different, different atmosphere, and it's a really good squad. Mm. If, and if they can get some of the players back from injury, or if they bring in some quality reinforcements, there's no reason why they shouldn't do a lot better next season. That's, that's, all, that's all I'm saying. But doesn't this all show that... In fact, the whole kind of vitriol and the reason that Almeida got chucked out was completely unfounded and unfair because yeah. it wasn't even Diaz um, coaching in the last game, you know, the one they win against Lanús and that brought him up to, yeah, was yeah. it 29 points, yeah, which it's a fucking good season. And, but yeah. we did say this though, that beyond, so beyond the Diaz, points, be beyond 26 points so far, so 26, 26 points, the, yeah, that's it, which yeah. is a decent season, yeah, so it yeah. just shows to me, you know, it's... I think, well, everyone's, this, this, this I think everyone's just gone crazy. Like, this, this is what I said. Like, said. What I said everyone's just gone fucking mental. This is what I said when we recorded on Friday night. I said Almeida wasn't doing that badly, really. No, no, no not at all. This is. Just, I remind him of my friend in uh, in Racing, where every time they do something inexplicable or um, everything just seems to go against them, or basically when anything happens out of the ordinary. It's just kind of, he throws his hands up in the air and just goes, Yo ya no entiendo más. <laughs> no lo entiendo. It's just like, I don't understand anything anymore. It's all, it's all gone wrong. And that's well, kind of how I feel looking at River. It's, it's baffling to me. Just be thankfully not a Chelsea supporter. Um, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> Tom, finally, Tom Robinson. Uh, asks who has been the best and he's showing it a football manager user who, who's been the best DMC of the initial defensive central midfielder right DMC defensive central ah, midfielder number five yep um, um, if we can call him a DMC I'm tempted to say Poncio I was thinking that Cerro maybe Cerro would be out there yeah definitely. Um, uh, I am a big fan of Pizarro at Lanús yes so. Um I think we all are. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I read a lot. It's among them. Rodrigo Brandi has got a lot of call ups for the national team. <laughs> Spring chicken. Yeah. Um, I'd say he's, like, I wouldn't say he's, he's among the best, but uh, Zuccolini kind of has been the first year for in Racing that he's mm. kind of really cemented a place and 
they've kind of played a double a double defensive midfielder partnership. Let's say with uh, with Adetieri and he's shown. I wouldn't say yeah. I wouldn't say he's the best, but definitely he's kind of been the breakthrough in, in that position. So those are some names. Those are definitely well, some names. Come up with one yeah. uh, definitive one. Certainly not Serigliano. He's fallen off majorly in the last. No, no. I think I think in terms of interesting to I see think what the level uh, is probably, yeah, probably yeah. Anyone from from news we can point to. Uh, well, uh, um, uh, yeah, Vishalva, Vishalva, yeah. yeah, he's been really good. Um, yeah, but I really enjoyed watching him play. He's and yeah, we'd, we'd name Belgranos as well if if we could. <laughs> <laughs> Ole, who is that guy? Who tw- no. Pardon? <laughs> it's a Malin. We'll get that one. Yeah. Ah, right. Yes, yeah, sorry. You're right. I was wondering whether that was something I needed to edit out, but it's staying in because um, I've just understood it myself. Um, I'm going to play now Mystic Sam's music and I've just realised while saying that that I've not made all of my predictions yet so I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen uh, this weekend. Don't go anywhere. discussing Joel's um, driving theory test tomorrow because apparently driving in Argentina does have some theory to it. Uh, I've refused to believe that. But anyway, um, if, if Joel does pass his test and then wants to go down to the boogies and, and place a bet, an accumulator perhaps on the nine primera matches that will be taking place this weekend, this is how he should spend his money. Go on, Joel. Hand up here. Um, Quick update on your strike rate. Um, I, I forgot to check it before you turned up. Let me oh, really quickly. Such it. lies. You yeah. know it's no, a no, lie. No, no, okay, I predicted last weekend San Lorenzo to beat Independiente, which is they did. Boca to beat Arsenal, which they did not. Godoy Cruz to beat Kilmes, which they did not. <laughs> Colón Argentinos to draw that, which they did Colón win. <laughs> Racing to beat All Boys, which they did. Get in. Here we go. Uh, Newell's to draw with Atletico which they just didn't do Vélez to win by at least a goal against Union which they did yeah. Belgrano and Tigre to draw that finished 1-0 narrow enough that I'm happy with it uh, <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> well, I can't, it's, it's three so far I can't. Uh, Lanús to beat River which they didn't and I've predicted Estudiantes to win this game which is just uh, nil-nil well, as, as, you're, as you're still on three so three we give you this one so you've got to move up to four yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. no I'm just on. Three out of nine so far. Um, so, anyway, this so, weekend's predictions are uh, Newell's Old Boys to obviously normal caveat supply with it being the last weekend of the year, especially, and, and so on. Um, but Newell's Old Boys to beat Argentinos away. Independiente and Colón to draw. Lanús to beat San Lorenzo at home. River to get Ramon Diaz off to a winning start in San Juan. Belgrano to beat Estudiantes. Boca to beat Godoy Cruz with Schiavi probably decapitating somebody and scoring a hat-trick of penalties um, Arsenal to beat all boys away mm-hmm. okay. um, Racing to beat Union away and Atletico Rafaela to draw at home to a disinterested Vélez-Sansfield side and of course Kilmes versus Tigre we'll find out when that's being played it'll be sometime in February, March whenever Kilmes have gone out the Libertadores I would think uh, sorry whenever Tigre have gone out the Libertadores um, that's your lot have we got anything else to add in guys before we down our drinks and, and head off for the year do we have to down them like Fondo Blanco yeah I told you we wanted to get get this through as quickly as possible um, 
Anything else? It's uh, been enjoyable, it's 2012. It's been, yeah, it's not been. I mean, the year as a whole, Arsenal yeah. winning their first ever title. River obviously coming coming back up from yeah. from the, the abyss. Racing coming back from the dark days of Basile. You know, I'd even forgotten that Basile had been involved with Racing. <laughs> it was only like, recent, I think he had 10 games, yeah. Yeah, it's as recent as this year. Mm-hmm. Um, high points, low points? Anybody want to? It's only just occurred to me this last episode of the year, so we should probably do this. Stuff. This at all? No. Um, nor, nor did I, to be honest. I think it's a shame that, that um, the way Boca's year panned out. Yeah. Great club. I mean, you know, world renowned, great club. And, you know, making it to the, to the Copa de Verde de Rose was an achievement. And not just in the sort I, of I traditional sense of the achievement. I agree, it's a shame that they as far as the final. But it's, I mean, Given the situation there, I mean, it's just a very difficult situation at the moment at the club. A lot of fans aren't very happy with with the coach Falcioni and the whole Raquel me thing, and it's just that completely overshadowed the football from from their point of view. And that, I think that's um, a bit of shame, really. But uh, I've said they did, they did well to to get to the final anyway. I thought it was um, a real shame actually that uh, we didn't see Rosario Central back in back in the top flight. Yeah, because I think that yeah, you know, it's a massive club with. Crazy, crazy support, and yeah, it would have been would have been great as well as Instituto. I thought, yeah, deserved it a lot. Um, Maxi and Heinz are coming back to Newell's. Ah, that's yeah. a great story. I mean, you know, hats off yeah. to them. You know, it's, it's, I mean, quite a few players are starting to do it now. I mean, actually, Scocker did it as well, but he's kind of he's a bit, he's younger, a bit yeah. younger. People don't really talk about it so much, but he's, he forks out money to to come back to Newell's as well. Um, I think they've been one of the highlights, certainly in the last last couple of months. Yeah. Obviously, as we said, they've uh, slightly uh, t- taken the foot off the accelerator, but um, but played some really good football. Great story. Interesting to see how they develop in the final as well. Yeah, whether, whether they can add a little bit more. I mean, as they showed today, um, fantastic clinicism in front of goal, which is precisely what they've lacked for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, today they had four chances and scored three goals. I'd say actually on this on a similar kind of subject, kind of if we're talking about the whole year 2012, the um, the Clausura campaign of Tigre was probably one of the highlights for me. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic, fantastic achievement, which has, of course, already been forgotten. The coach has gone, you know, but in its time, yeah. it was. And it's hard to say just how well they did, considering everyone had written them off as as certainties for relegation. It's that's got to give Independiente a little bit of hope. Indeed, uh, and my personal moment of the year has got to be being at the Monumental when Tresegay scored twice to to send River back into the top flight. Um, so partisan Sam, we're all talking about generally. You know, no, I know, but just amazing. No, it was one of the stories of the it year. It was definitely one. Yeah, of the absolutely. Of the year. It wasn't quite as funny as when they went down, but it, and, it was. A, and the noise was wow, astonishing. It's to be understated. It's empty. But. I'm sorry, it's about this absolutely deserved. It is, yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's half past eight on a Monday night. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that note, we will say uh, goodbye for for the year. Um, I hope you've enjoyed another year of Hand of Pod. Thank you very much to those of you who've retweeted and told your friends and stuff because our listener figures in the last couple of months uh, have have shot up. Um, Perhaps not entirely surprisingly, this has happened almost in exact synergy with Australian Dan leaving the show. Yeah. Um, it was just holding us back. Exactly, yeah. We, we always... <laughs> I, like, I like how you give credit to Dan leaving so, rather than Joe Jordan. 
Indeed. Well, yeah, no, I think it's very negative. Yeah, it's, well. it's very negative. Yeah, I mean, you've got to look at it positive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> great. It works. Quite right. Yep. And thank you for joining us, Joe. It's, it's, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honour. Um, I've been back in Buenos Aires for the last week of January. The Torneo final starts, I think it's the weekend of the 10th of February, if I'm remembering right, the second weekend of February. Um, we'll try and get at least one show uh, up before then, sort of late January, early February. Of course, we'll be previewing the, the final and the Argentine side in the Copa Libertadores as well. Um, but for now, have a wonderful uh, Christmas period uh, and New Year. Um, apologies that we won't be able to give you a podcast next week after the final round of the I don't think we'd be particularly amused by me taking an evening out of my um, holiday. Actually, I wouldn't be too amused by it either. I'm going to Paris for the first time. I can't wait. Um, so, for now, ladies and gents, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and goodbye from Joel Richards. Goodbye. From Dan Edwards. Goodbye, Felicia Fiestas. And from me, Sam Kelly. Goodbye. Goodbye.